Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, December the 8th. And welcome to our to our commentary. I guess the big story, big, big story today is, of course, uh, this indictment against Hunter Biden. It came out late Thursday night and people have been talking about it all day Friday. I've looked at a, or have read a couple of um, of analyses of, of the indictment. Andy McCarthy, for example, had a really good one. Over at Powerline, they have a very good one as well. And the, you know, these are lawyers, of course, who've been writing these uh, these analyses. And it doesn't look good for Hunter Biden. It's apparently a pretty strong indictment. And I suppose the biggest problem is tax evasion, not paying taxes on on money that he made, I believe, in 2019 and maybe 2020. Now, of course, all of this would be not irrelevant, but wouldn't be that important if Hunter's father was not the president of the United States. And furthermore, if the president, Hunter, President Biden, had not been denying relationships or business relationships with his son. That, I think, is what makes all of this so... Uh, so complicated, potentially, for President Biden. I mean, they're going to have to prove somehow that President Biden benefited from all of this. And there are some people who say that he did. It hasn't really been decided conclusively one way or the other. So I'm not going to tell you that uh, it is. But it doesn't look good for President Biden at the very least, because he's been denying a relationship with his son. And now, of course, uh, the son has these problems. So look, couple of things that I want to say about this indictment that I think are very important. I have a post about this, by the way, uh, coming out uh, Friday, uh, Saturday morning. The first thing is we have to be very grateful to a judge, a judge by the name of Judge Noreka. Uh, this is the lady judge in Delaware who stopped all of this several months ago. Remember, they were going to do sort of like a settlement with, uh, with Hunter Biden. They were going to sort of settle everything and pretty much find kind of keep him out of trouble. One of these settlements where you accept some guilt, I guess, but uh, they, you know, they let you off uh, off the hook. And this Judge Norieka in Delaware said, no, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is done. And she basically stopped it. She stopped it and then forced uh, Mr. Weiss, who's investigating this, to look at it again. And the result is the indictment that we are getting. So that judge, that judge uh, turned out to be really important in this uh, in this whole decision. And the post that I'm writing tomorrow is based on an article that Professor Jonathan Turley wrote, where he really, you know, comes down and explains how this judge brought this whole thing to an end. And in doing so, made uh, these indictments uh, not only possible, but potentially very dangerous for uh, for Hunter Biden. So that's the first part. We have to we have to be grateful to this Judge Norieka for having, uh, you know, having stopped all of this several, several months ago. The second issue is President Biden and what exactly is his relationship with his son? You know, there's a lot of things about this relationship that don't make any sense. You know, Hunter goes with his father, the vice president uh, around the world. He travels with his father. He comes back with business contracts. Look, Hunter Biden, with all due respect to Hunter Biden, is not the kind of guy who's going to be doing a lot of business internationally. He doesn't have any experience in anything. He's been a troubled man all his life, you know, drugs, all kinds of addictions. So how did he get these contracts? I, I think the fact that he has a famous last name 
probably had a lot uh, had a lot to do with it. And so these, you know, these things going back and forth, you know, like the conversation where he was talking to somebody and said, you know, the big guy is sitting next to me or whatever. All of these things are potential problems for President uh, Biden. But, you know, the, the one thing that amazes me most about this whole story is that President Biden apparently, uh, when before he became president, when he was a vice president, maybe senator, never had never had the intelligence or the backbone to call in his son and say, son, look, I appreciate that you have the same last name that I do, but you got to stop doing this. If you're going to fly with me in the airplane, nice to have you, but you can't keep coming back with these contracts or, you know, being put on the board of directors of a Ukraine energy company when Hunter Biden doesn't have any experience in Ukraine whatsoever. So there's a lot of these little things that really bring into question uh, Joe Biden's judgment, not just as a man, but as a father. You know, so I don't know where this is going to go. I do think President Joe Biden uh, is in trouble. Now, there is another element to all of this, and some people have written about this. And this is a, a speculation, of course, but some people have written about the possibility that this could all be the beginning of getting rid of Joe Biden. Democrats are very concerned about Joe Biden because not only is he very unpopular, but they see the same thing that we see on television when he goes on. They see a man who can barely read what they put in front of him. I mean, he looks completely lost. Um, I mean, he just doesn't look good. And everybody can see this. You don't have to be a psychiatrist or a doctor to see uh, what we're seeing. And I think a lot of Democrats are beginning to realize that having Joe Biden on the ticket could really be an electoral problem. They don't feel any better with Kamala Harris. That's the other problem. They don't feel any better with Kamala Harris, and they're sort of grooming the governor of California to be the next uh, the next nominee of the Democrat Party. So I don't know. This is pure speculation. I don't know if this is all related to that, if they've simply said, you know what, the time is now right to uh, to get Joe off the ticket, if not off the ticket, at least to get him not to run uh, for re-election. So it's just going to be very bad, really, here for President Biden over the next few months. It's just going to be a very bad time. And again, we don't know if there is a connection between him and his son as far as some of these business dealings. I know there's all kinds of reports about checks going to Joe Biden and money being sent to his house. All that stuff uh, needs to be proven, of course, in the court of law. But it's out there. It's out there. And it's something that uh, President Biden... Hopefully, he'll get more questions about this because he never gets questions, or at least he never answers them. So we'll see how it goes. But it's just a really, really bad situation for uh, for President Biden at a time when his political fortunes are not doing not doing very well. So you know, more will come out of out of all of this. But what we can say is that Hunter Biden is in trouble. Hunter Biden is in legal trouble. That much we can say. How much is his father in legal trouble? Uh, we're going to find out a lot more, I think, over the next uh, over the next few weeks. By the way, I have a post over at the American Thinker uh, Friday morning, talking about this situation up in Chicago, where you have uh, uh, where you have many local leaders who are threatening the Democrat Party to really make a mess out of the convention in Chicago next year, and all of this is over the migrants. This migrant situation has become a nightmare for the Democrat Party, particularly in the cities. 
so that's something we we need to keep an eye on because these groups are angry with Democrats because part of the problem, as I mentioned in my in my article, is that part of the problem part of the problem is that none of this came out during the 2020 campaign. Uh, during the 2020 campaign, Joe Biden basically went into hiding in the basement of his home, didn't ask a question, came out once a week uh, to go out and get some ice cream. And all he would ever say is, I'm different than Trump. Vote for me because I'm not Trump. That was the entire campaign. Vote for me because I'm not Trump. But he never specified anything, never told us what he was going to do. It was simply vote for me because I'm not uh, Trump. And that's then once he became president, he started to undo some of the good things that President Trump had done on the border uh, with energy policy and so on. And we're sort of paying the price for a lot of that uh, right now. So check out my article over at The American Thinker. It's about uh, these migrants and the problem that they are creating for the Democrat Party in uh, in Chicago, in New York, and just about, just about everywhere else. Even Denver is having a problem uh, with it. There's a story that came out at CBS that uh, is being reported that because of inflation, it cost $11,000 more for the average family to buy the basics than it did three and a half years ago. That's an amazing toll as far as inflation is concerned. And, you know, we keep hearing that inflation is coming down, but inflation is not coming down. And if it's coming down, it's sort of cosmetics because the people out there who have to go to the store or have to go out to eat, uh, they're finding out just how expensive every everything is. And over in California, the governor of California or the state of California is announcing that they have a $68 billion deficit. Now, you ask yourself, how can anybody, how, how can California, one of the most uh, prosperous and richest uh, states in the union, have that kind of a deficit? Well, the reason is that people are moving out. The taxpayers are moving out. And more and more people are leaving California, so tax revenues are down because the people who pay taxes are moving. They're moving. And that is creating, uh, you know, it's going to be tough this year because Governor Newsom, who is, I believe, is running for president, is going to have to make very some very tough decisions out there. And because they got to balance that budget, and they're going to have to come up somehow with $68 billion of spending cuts. That is going to be politically very difficult for for California and the governor of California at the same time. A couple of things on this day in history. Uh, on December 8th, 1941, the day after the attack in Pearl Harbor, uh, the attack at, uh, at Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt went to the Congress and made a declaration of war speech. And here's the interesting thing about that speech. That was the last time that an American president went to the Congress for a formal declaration of war. We've been in wars. Uh, Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, and so on. But the last time that a president went to Congress and said, give me the declaration of war was uh, exactly 82 years ago today. Now, to be fair, President Bush, uh, the first Bush, and President Bush twice, the second Bush twice, they did go to Congress and they got a resolution to fight the war, which is not exactly the same thing, but at least they went to, to Congress to uh, at least get the Congress on board when it came to the Iraq and the Afghanistan war. So 82 years ago today, President Roosevelt got the last declaration of war that the Congress has passed uh, in American history. Very interesting detail about, uh, about how the countries run. We should be having declarations, not resolutions. I actually think that uh, we've made it too easy to go to war 
without uh, a declaration. But anyway, 82 years ago today that happened. And on this day in 1980, for those of you in my generation, you may remember that John Lennon was killed uh, late December the 8th. Uh, he was uh, coming back home after, I guess he, I'm not exactly sure whether he was doing a studio or where he was coming from. I'm not sure, but he was coming back home late in the evening and he was shot there outside of his apartment. They rushed him to the hospital. They, he was pronounced dead by the time he got to the hospital. But the most interesting thing about that night is that millions of Americans heard about John Lennon's uh, assassination while watching the Monday night football game. They were watching the Monday night football game and Howard Cosell, as the game was going, was getting ready to go into overtime. Howard Cosell broke with a story saying he read a statement saying that John Lennon had been killed and uh, his death confirmed uh, from Roosevelt Hospital there in New York. So John Lennon, who was at the time 40 years old, was killed 43 years ago today in 1980. And that, uh, to me, man, time has flown. Time has flown when we're talking about something that happened 43 years ago. And for many of us, we remember this as if it happened, uh, as if it happened yesterday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy yourself. Go Cowboys. They play Sunday night against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're rooting for the Cowboys. We want the Cowboys to win, but it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a very uh, tough game. Bye-bye, everybody. Enjoy yourselves uh, this weekend. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.